Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan. Welcome to the next episode of Beyond the Sermon. This is a way for us to go beyond the weekend message through conversations, questions and answers, deep dives into topics, interviews, and practical ways to engage throughout the week. The hope is that through this series, you'll be encouraged, challenged, and more equipped to be a disciple of Jesus. This week, I sat down with Evan Koch to discuss this question, what's culturally okay, but biblically not. If you missed last weekend's message, it was about how there was an inappropriate behavior happening in the church in Corinth, and even though it was culturally accepted, it wasn't aligned with how we are supposed to live as followers of Jesus. Evan and I discuss current behaviors that can be distracting and addictive, being intentional in relationships, and scripture to use as a litmus test for how we should be thinking. Here's my conversation with Evan. Well, today we are here with my friend Evan. Evan and I have been friends for... Two decades, three, At least, yeah. three decades, nearly be, three decades. Nearly, that's that's maybe yeah. pushing it. Um, but now Evan is the young adults and college age pastor here at Faith Chapel. You've been around here for some time, as I have, and we've just gotten to share and partner in ministry. So it'll mm-hmm. be a fun conversation. What we're going to talk about today is in response to Nate's message, where he talked about uh, the, the title of the message was "The Sin Within," where they're addressing an issue within the church where there was some inappropriate behavior that the culture accepted, but was not okay according to what Jesus has stated for, for what He wants from mm-hmm. the church and how people to live and, and respond. And so this this conversation we we even talked before we, we started recording could go a lot of different directions. Yes, lots we, of rabbit trails yes, available. There are a lot of uh, a lot of places we can diverge, but the the crux of the conversation to me is around a question, and I'd I'd be really interested to hear your perspective, what you see, mm. and even some of the trends in cultures you work with young adults and college aged people. Um, but here's here's kind of the crux of the question: What is culturally okay? but biblically not okay. And so I'm actually going to just leave that giant question. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Hanging and then just kind of see where do you want to jump off and, and dive into that? Yeah. I think it could be really easy for us um, just because of the the content of the passage that Nate talked about in First Corinthians to just like immediately go towards like sexual ethic and all the things, which is 100% viable and something that we could easily talk about. Um, but I think that there's so many things that that I kept getting hit personally with uh, this this idea of of self justification and and looking at even like my own understanding of who I am and what I self justify in myself that is not necessarily in line with what Jesus would call me to, mm-hmm. and then how that translates into culture and is it because I'm only focused on self justification or is it because culture has taught me that those things are okay, mm-hmm. but. So, so there's just so many different different sure. ways that we could go, and I think I think one of the first things that I think about when I, when I hear about culture in 2021 is the idea of of social media, of the internet, and of so many different ways that it um, it allows us to have opinions about so many things, whether it's in our own lives, but especially about other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think culturally it has been acceptable to cast judgment on other people while self-justifying ourselves. And in this passage at the end, it says, who am I to, to judge those outside of the church? Right. And man, that, that as the church, as a pastor, I think that's one of the things that I always try to come back to is that I want to be somebody who's shepherding and I want to be somebody who's, who's convicting a, a little bit for those who are a part of the flock that I've been entrusted with. 
and at the same time not casting judgment on those who are part of the same age group and who are living outside of the bounds or the four walls of the church, so to speak. And so I think (laughs) there's just, there's so many different things that I I could think about, but um, the the first one that that comes to mind is this idea of idolatry Mm -hmm. and what we do as, as people. um, And for me, and maybe this is just me. I I think so. When I think of idols, I think about like golden calves. (laughs) I think about physical idols that, that we're worshiping. But man, in, in young adults and in larger populations, I mean, I think we all from, you know, five years old up start to create idols through different lenses and, and especially when it comes to social media. And so I think that, that one of the things that, that I am personally struggling with and I see so much in our young adults is seeing people out there, quote unquote, out there and creating idols. And saying like that, I want to be like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, so you're you're even saying that through our connected culture, where we're able to see people in different parts of the world, mm-hmm. no matter their income or whatever, right. we're able to compare and then go, "That's my target," right? And that becomes the idol instead mm-hmm. of what's outlined in Scripture right. and what Jesus has invited us into. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's I, that. I wasn't expecting you. To talk about that, no, that's that's really interesting. Um, so, w- what what would you say is even practically? How would you how would you help us walk through what we're invited into to rebalance from that being a target to a target that reflects being a disciple of Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's looking like Him, that reflects Him, that honors Him, that's a representation of Him sure. to the world. Yeah. I mean, I mean, practically speaking, I think that we need to get off our phones more and into scripture more. And I think that that's a really difficult thing. What for, if for your Bible is on your phone? That is a, a very valid, <laughs> ar- it's a very valid argument. And, and oftentimes that's what I used to. So, so I think there's just this danger of us using social media and the internet and all these different things to create these, these targets, like you said. And so I think practically speaking, we have to come back to like a biblical center. And yeah. I always think about Philippians where it says, um, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, all those things, like using that as a lens to which we look at things. Yeah. And, and man, I don't, I don't know that there's that many things on social media that I look at and, and I spend my time investing in and go, yeah, that, that lines yeah. up. That's definitely like check. Like yeah. a lot of it is me coveting the lives of other people, sure. and because I don't have the bl- biblical lens as I'm looking at things, and and it's really easy to say. And like like, how do you practically do that? Do you read Philippians four eight like every time you get on Instagram and say, okay, like I'm going to do this, and then unfollow every account that doesn't right. have all of those things? Right. But I think it's a huge heart check. Yeah. I think it's being people who often say, okay, like before I do this, I'm going to set up my day with my Bible, with my personal time with Jesus, so that as I enter into my daily rhythms, and social media is probably a part of those things, that's a, I, I created a foundation just for like for my day. Yeah. And not to say that it'll be perfect, and that if you read your Bible before you get on Instagram, you're going to have a perfect perception of what is worth looking at, right. but it will help. Yeah. Yeah. It- would you, would you say that it, that as we even address, you know, some of those practicals, you know, it's really easy to point your finger at something like social media and, mm-hmm. and make it, you know, 
a grand enemy, which I yeah, mean, sure. and, and, and it can be, it can, yeah, it can be, you know, an addiction. It can mm-hmm. be, I mean, you look at the statistics of how many times people pick up their phones a day. Um, <laughs> I was just wild. talking to yeah. somebody recently and they were saying their average hours per day on their phone was over four hours, mm-hmm. um, which is, that's a high number. And I, yeah. and this person's season of life, like it actually makes sense for what's going on. Um, but it's not hard to, to spend a lot of time scrolling, shopping, um, right. researching, like there's a lot there, but before you know it, your day has, um, faded <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and gotten away from you a little bit, gotten away from you a little bit. I was just, I've, I've been reading a book by John Mark Comer called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Mm-hmm. And he brings up some statistics about our phone use. And his challenge was if we, what, if, if we took the average amount of time we spend on our phones in a year and we put that towards pursuing even just reading, yes. we would be able to read like an average, I mean, easily an average of an hour a day. Right. And then cover like, I think he said somewhere in the range of 200 books for the average person's <laughs> reading. So like you could read 200 books in a year or you could, you know, be on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or then he said, what if we picked up our phone or what if we talked to God as much as we picked up our phones, which was an incredibly yeah, like indicting yeah. thing for me to hear, like to go, oh shoot, like mm-hmm. I do. Like what if we had just little moments with God as frequently as I have mm-hmm. little moments with my phone, <laughs> which right. was a really weird sentence. Anyways, oh. a little moment with my phone. Yeah. But <laughs> well, how, how would you challenge us even to have, because there are, there are good things. It's not all pure evil in our pocket, but what are good things, good structures? Even you, you talk about that scripture. How would you, how have you applied that even in your own, mm-hmm. what, what does it look like for you? Right. Yeah. I think that trying to figure out like what your purpose is, even from, from the, the standpoint of like, what is the purpose of this app that I have, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, any, I mean, any app, like what is the purpose of this even being on my phone? Like, why do I have this phone? It's an incredible tool that, that can lead to incredible connection. But if it's not for that, yeah. then, then what is it that you're using it for? Yeah. And so personally, like one of the things that, that I've done is, I mean, I'm a pastor and, and I use Instagram as a, a way to I wouldn't say steal sermons, but be inspired by other people, other communicators that I just desperately want to uh, model. Like I want to model my ministry after so many different people around the country, around the world that have just unbelievable wisdom. And so like, that's been, that's been amazing. And then me and my wife have a photography company. And so like I follow photographers and for a lot of people, like it becomes something where they're just like, I want to follow all these celebrities and I want to follow these things. And I had to like cull through the people that I followed all these different things and like actually ask myself, like, is the human connection or the wisdom gained from this account worth it? Yeah. And if it wasn't, then I, you know, hit the unfollow button and say like, nope, that's, that's, that leads yep. me towards things that yep. like, oh, nope, no, I'm just looking at this guy who has a perfect family, who has all these things. And the only reason I follow them is because I wish I was like him sure. instead of, nope, there's like, there's good wisdom here. There's lessons to be learned here. I'm going to do this. And honestly, on a practical level, like unfollowing a bunch of people also kills this time I scroll because there's not there's as less. much <laughs> new content to go after. So yep. that's one of the ways that I've practically done that is yep. try to find that. I've experienced something similar. I did about a six week fast from social media mm-hmm. where I deleted all social media apps yeah. from my phone. And so then, you know, it was really, really interesting because I'd have people around me. Hey, did you see that post? Hey, did you, which yeah. it's really, you're weird. missing out on everything. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's also really bizarre to hear how many times our conversations center around, did you see 
what I did. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't something that you did near me. It wasn't something that we For shared me? together. Yeah. Our shared experience has become, did you see a picture I posted on a screen? Right. Which is, it's, it's just fascinating. Once you become aware of it, it's kind of hard to unhear that in right. conversation. Just go, hey, did you? Hey, did you? Hey, it's just like we're all, which is a whole different conversation yeah. to go into of like, right. what are we needing emotionally? Mm. If that's, hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see my post? How come you didn't like it? Right. Because I was in the photo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as I came back to it with a healthier balance, I did a very similar thing where I started to become aware of the emotions that were were mm. were coming up as I'm using it. Right. Am I... Am I picking up my phone because I'm bored? And it's, it's, you know, I've got two boys and there are times when, you know, boys don't sleep well, so I'm tired. So then I'm way more susceptible to in a moment of boredom. Yep. I want to yep. distract myself Absolutely. and just get through it. Or I just, you know, me and my oldest, maybe we're arguing about something. My like, good grief. And so you just want to grab your phone. And and so I started to notice and become aware of those emotions. Right. And instead, I nope, I don't want that to be mm-hmm. my pattern. Or while I'm on it, go, what am I feeling right now? Right. Just a quick... Oh, this is making me anxious. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Or unfollow or whatever. So that's, I really like that approach to become even just one more step of self-awareness to what's going on here. What am I, what am I either seeking? Uh, what am I looking after? What am I chasing? Or how is this making me feel in this, does this model? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to shift the conversation yep. just a little bit. So that's, that's one area that social media that's practiced yep. very culturally okay to spend a lot of time on yep. our phones. So that's maybe a space where we could all, Take a step back, yeah, yeah. look at it and go, hey, am I present with the people I'm around? Right. And am I reflecting Jesus as I do that? Are there other areas of our lives that could use um, a once-over, for lack of better terms, to go, hey, what's culturally something I've allowed myself to maybe slip into? Mm-hmm. And nobody in my sphere of influence might say anything because everybody else is comfortable here, but Jesus might take a look at it and say, Hey, I'd like you to, to try something else there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what's hard is that so many things are internal and it's really easy for us to try to like point out the things that are like forward facing. And those are the things like whether it be sexuality or anything else, but like the internal things that, that we all struggle with, they, almost come naturally with our humanity. Like I, I think about like the scripture that, that Nate shared this weekend in, in first Corinthians talking about like greed and uh, like slanders and gossip and yep. all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's where it really gets into like the nitty gritty of self-evaluation over like judgment and saying like, okay, well culture might say that my greed, like, how can I self-justify greed? Well, I say that as like, I'm fiscally responsible. Sure. <laughs> like I'm going to take like right. what internally is, I can't wait to be able to buy the things that I want to buy. Yep. People are like, oh, well, you're really like savvy with your money. Yep. And, or like gossip and slander. It's like, oh, well, like I self-justify it as like, oh, I'm just letting like the people around me know what's happening in the lives of people that maybe they haven't seen for a while or yep. whatever. And so we start to self-justify all these internal things and we use culture's perception as the justification. Mm-hmm. Like we use it as the lens yeah. to then self-justify. And yeah. so I think that that's one of the biggest things that wh- whether it be in, in young adults or the general population, these things where it's like, okay, I'm going to be okay with the things that I'm doing beca- because I've garnered this idea from culture that I can, I can find ways to navigate like, 
I'm not going to say that it's pure. I'm not going to say it's holy. I'm not going to say it's praiseworthy, but I'm also not going to say like, oh, it's outright like dirty sin. Right. So I think that that's one of the hardest things. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about that scripture being our litmus test is because there are a lot of things that are okay. Right. And I think we're actually coming up later in the series. I think in fact, maybe this weekend or the weekend after Nate will be talking about the the passage where it says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And, and that, that passage in Philippians kind of reflects a similar mindset of, Hey, listen, there's a lot of things you could spend your time on, but let's, let's focus on these. And that's actually even talking a lot about, I mean, that whole section is talking a little bit about peace and God's peace, you know, being present. And, you know, even going back to that social media element, if I'm chasing peace, then I shouldn't be where I was. Right. Right. So, um, Using that as a as a new litmus test. So let's 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 jump into greed for a second, or mm-hmm. finances, or, or something like that. What do you see that is happening? And if you don't mind being vulnerable in your own life, that would maybe help us reorient towards. Hey, what's what are some steps we can take to maybe step away from a hey, fiscally responsible, <laughs> right? Versus no biblically biblically minded and and others focused. Yeah, I think. I, for for us, for my wife, Larissa and I, like one of the biggest things that we have to do is like, we just have to be like honest one with each other. Like, it's really nice to have a partner in it because they can call you out on like why you're doing the things that you're yeah. doing. So that's really nice. But some of us don't have a partner to, to like hold us accountable. And I think that's where it like comes into having like a community, community in the church and all those different things. And so practically one of the things that we've always like, I mean, we have kids now, so we're, we're trying to teach these like financial principles and not just in a way that like, this is how you're going to check the Christ-like Christian boxes of sure. money. It's like, yeah. Hey, you're going to, you're going to save 10%. You're going to give 10% and you're going to, you can live off the 80 and my son's seven. And he's like, well, why? <laughs> like, why are we doing right. those things? Right. It's like, Oh, that's, that's a great question. It's not just because like back in Sunday school, like I learned that and now I'm transferring that like knowledge, so to speak to my son. It's no, like, these are biblical principles and and going back to scripture and saying like, hey, like this is why we do the right. things that we do. Mm-hmm. And if we can't say, I'm doing this because Jesus is asking me to do that. Like, and it, I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned even in, in high school, because tithing was like never a thing that came naturally to me, was I was always like stuck on that 10% figure. And then one of my mentors was like, it's not about the like the percentage. It's about what can you give joyfully? And that comes back to scripture is like the widow, like she gives like a penny, but it's everything. Like she's giving out of like the, her her little while everybody else is giving out of their abundance and it's a posture. And I think a lot of this comes back to it. Like, why do I do the things that I do? Is it because it's an expectation placed on me or is it because something I'm willingly stepping into? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think even in our spending habits, one of the things Alyssa and I my wife, we've been working on is I've noticed that like I'll, I'll emotionally spend. Oh, right. right. You know, it's like, you know, we'll have a, you know, something I'll even, I'll even do is like, Oh, like if I'm having a bad day, the instant thing, or if she's having a bad day, the instant thing I want to do is what can I buy you? Oh yeah. Can I treat you to something, you know? And that's a get out of jail free card, right? Right. (laughs) And so it's like, we do these things that are cultural triggers, not, biblical triggers instead of asking hey how can I serve you or knowing just because she's my wife I know how I could step in and serve that should should be my initial response but a $5 Starbucks is way easier (laughs) it's way easier (laughs) it's way easier Um, 
And then, so <clears throat> you, you were, as you were talking about that, that the why behind our finances, I think there's something too that some of these, these biblical ethics that we see aren't about rules and regulations. They're about um, human flourishing. Right. Oh yeah. And, and about God, God created a way to be human. That's like the best, you know, mm-hmm. John in, in the book of John, it talks about like, I came so that people could have life to the full. Right. And, and it's, it's this, he wants the best for people. And so this design is like, man, it's more than just, it's not about limitations. It's mm. about living free. Mm. It's about living whole. It's about living the the most human you can be. Right. Um, and I, and, and I, and I love, you know, trying to, to help our kids and, and, and yeah. people around us do that. All right. So that's kind of the financial thing you'd want to add to that conversation. Oh, we, we, I mean, we could keep talking can, about money for a long time. <laughs> we can go, I know that's we're trying to cover so many things so in many, such a sh- short period of time. So many topics. What, what, as you, as you think about this, this concept, um, is there a space that you would hope as a culture, or maybe let's even look at billings and, um, or even just like the influence of people who are part of faith chapel mm-hmm. and who would call themselves a part of this church. What's something that maybe you would hope that from the challenge from, from this portion of scripture, looking at like what's inside of us, you know, the, you know, even that Matthew scripture of look at the first, take out the plank in your own eye mm-hmm. before you ins- inspect this speck of dust in your, in your brother's eye. What would you hope for somebody to walk away with, to begin doing like that, you go, man. If 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 you could begin this, mm-hmm. like, like, and maybe it's even something that you've learned or something that you've begun to do as you've applied some of this stuff. But is there something you just go, man? If you hear nothing else, if you try nothing else, if you practice nothing else as a result of this scripture, as a result of this concept, try this. Mm-hmm. Go down this road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Matthew eighteen principle has always been this like thing that we've thrown around in church circles. I mean, I grew up in the church just like you did. And I think I, I heard it for decades and like, Oh, you know, Matthew 18 principle, all that kind of stuff. But even like the way Nate <laughs> talked about it this last weekend and, and just like the way that it's kind of come up in my own personal life over the last couple of years is my hope is that we would start moving towards people instead of away from people. Mm. And I think that we live in one of the most divisive like seasons that I mean, I've ever, I know I've only been alive for 30 years. So like, maybe there's been worse, but like, it feels like it's been one of the most divisive seasons in a really, really long time. And so it's created, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person, whether it's within the church or the church and the culture, all these different things, like even talking about like culture, we can really easily create an us versus them mentality. And man, my prayer is that we, the church would, would, would do everything we can to kill that, that we would be people who truly live out a Matthew 18 principle. And obviously within the context of the church and it's like my brothers and sisters in Christ, like we, we are called to the standard of, of conversation and and conflict resolution and all of these things. But even as the church that we would move towards culture, that we'd move towards conflict, that, that we would move towards relationship, because I think that's one of the things that we've missed out. We've, we've lost the ability to disagree with people. We've lost the ability to, to have different opinions and still love yeah. one another. We, we have adopted this mindset that love is agreement mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and I think part of that is culture. Culture has said like the way that you love me is by affirming and accepting everything that I am, my political stance, like all, all, of, all of the different things, my sexuality, my, the way I use my money, the way that I do my relationships, all those different things. And if you love me, you'll say, you're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. When real love is saying, 
I don't agree with everything and yet I'm still here. Yep. And yet I'm like, you're broken. I'm broken. Let's be broken together. Yep. And I think that's like such a huge thing. So as we're looking at this, this whole concept in first Corinthians about like conflict management within the church and then dealing with people outside of the church as the church, my hope is that we just move towards people. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cause I think relationship is where we can journey down hard conversations right? because I've had really difficult conversations with many different people. You and me have had difficult conversations (laughs) over the years, but they've never been such a divisive thing that we couldn't work through it. And there's something really beautiful about as we move towards people. And if there truly is love at the center, then we can say, Hey, the direction you're going might have heartache and pain down the road or something that you're not actually aiming for. Might I invite you into something better or even I think part of our role as Christians would be hopefully you can see in my life something that's countercultural mm-hmm. as I walk out this discipleship with right. Jesus that you look at me and you go, dang, that's good. Like, how is your marriage so healthy? Or how are you parenting your kids mm-hmm. like that? Or you're debt free. What in the world? Yeah. No one is debt free. Right. Something right. like that where they go, yeah. holy smokes. And it goes, yeah, this comes back to a, a principle an ethic that's mm-hmm. based in this ancient text that I, I truly believe in it. It's bearing fruit. Cause I think sometimes we don't reflect what we talk about. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know? And oh, so yeah. we look more like the culture. So people go, Hey, I don't, I don't really care to be, I don't really oh. care to have the religious baggage over the top. When you look just like me, talk just like right. me. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think one of the biggest things for us is like, as we're moving towards people that like, we don't just move towards people with, with like an agenda, but that we truly move towards people seeking relationship first. And that's, that's what I think we've missed so much. Cause like, even within the church, even as like, I think about it, like even as a pastor, like I have people who come to college age movement every week and like would consider it part of their church home. But if I have done nothing to build relationship with them and I walk up to them and I say, Hey, I saw on social media that you're doing this, this, and this on the weekends, they're going to be like, cool. Well, you've never even told me you love me or care about me, but you're really quick to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And it's like, Yep. Okay. Like you're right. Like we need to move towards people with, with the aim of loving them and being in relationship with them so that then down the road, we can have the hard conversations. But I think what we've missed is we want to have the hard conversations first and hope that we can get through that and then still have relationship. Well, and that, that conversation, why are you having that conversation anyways? Just <laughs> right. so you can be right. Right. You know what I mean? And that's for yeah. me. Like, oh, like, yeah. oh man, I want to tell other people how so wrong they love, are. You love winning arguments. <laughs> but yeah, that might be true. <laughs> I won't be, argue you, with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that it has so much less to do with caring about the other. Mm-hmm. It has more to do with how good I look by yeah. winning or how good I look by being right. Right. Or correcting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or even the self-righteousness of me going, oh, look how good I am. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. Evan, my final question for you would be, is there anything else you'd want to share? Anything else you'd want to add? Anything else you'd want to reflect on in light of that question, in light of this topic? Um, Maybe even a practical application for somebody, maybe even a challenge to say, hey, try this in your life this week and see how it goes to do our best to be people that first look inward and become obsessed with dealing with our own crap for lack of better terms and loving well, what, what would be your challenge? What would be your invitation? What would be your, your final thoughts? 
in well, just like just a quick little yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me just really summarize. Just boil like, it down. You how like, we're supposed to live our lives like Jesus in a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, what we've all been trying to do for the last several yeah. centuries. Yeah, I like. I want to like keep bringing it back to the sermon because that's like why <laughs> a little bit why we're here is like reflecting on this this concept that that Nate presented and and I'm not just trying to be a good employee, but man, <laughs> I mean maybe I am. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if he agrees <laughs> with what I'm saying. But man, just the way that he communicated the passage, and, and there's a phrase that he kept using, uh, distortion of grace. And I think that, like, he even said that, like, uh, his second point was actually, as I'm flipping over my notes here, so our, our first point was that we actually have to have a double double standard. Right. And I mean, we could, we could go a really long way into this, but like, that was just like a really simple way for me to look at the lens of like, how do I move towards people in culture and how do I move towards people inside the church and have like a grace oriented double standard for the people that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a really good perspective shift for me to say like, okay, like I'm allowed to treat my friends who don't follow Jesus in a, in a different way than I am the people inside the church in like the most loving grace filled way and say, okay, like I'm not going to hold you to these standards that like you don't necessarily believe. It's like when people say, well, the Bible says you shouldn't. And then people are like, okay, well, I don't, Right, I don't believe that. I don't believe right. in the Bible, right. so or that it's the authoritative word of God, and so it's like okay, so me throwing out the phrase, well, the Bible says means nothing right. to you, and then yet having friends like you who are following Jesus and saying, hey, man, like biblically, right, we need to like recalibrate, we need to step mm-hmm. into to what the Bible says because you and I agree on the authority that it holds. Right. And so like for us as the church of like, like waking up and even like understanding the the differences and the dichotomies of our relationships and right. say like, okay, like this is complicated mm-hmm. and there's no one size fits all answer on how yeah. I treat, you know, the barista that I see every single day when I pick up my coffee and my coworker who believes that Jesus is the son of God, <laughs> like right. all of these things. And so I think that like my biggest encouragement would be to have the the patience and the endurance to prayerfully step into individual relationships mm-hmm. instead of working and operating in generalities yeah. and saying like this is how I step into all relationships say hey no like this is my friend Jordan this is our relationship and I have the capacity to say this is how I'm going to handle conflict this is how I'm going to handle praise and affirmation and all of those things and then at the same time be like here's my friend Joe who doesn't have all of the things, all the relationships that I do with Jesus and, and the background of, you know, all those things and say, okay, here's I'm gonna, how I'm going to step into that. And yeah. it's complicated. Like I've been following Jesus my entire life. I've been a pastor for half a decade and I am very far from perfect. So, yeah. no, I, I like that though, because that, that, that anchors to a lot of even what we've been talking about in first Corinthians so far in this series just invite like <clears throat> one of those concepts being inviting the Holy Spirit into mm-hmm. moments that yeah. that our interactions with people don't have to be empty. That instead they can be completely and totally infused with the Holy Spirit if right. we give Him space, if we will give Him room. And so, so Nate even asked the questions: How do I make more room for this Spirit in yeah. my life? Uh. And that comes down to, you know, a, a word I would say that would be intentionality. That like mm-hmm. when you're walking into an interaction with a barista, you know, using your example, that I'd be intentional. Yeah. And if a moment presents itself to be friends or to have a conversation, great. If it yeah. doesn't, okay. But I yeah. prayed through it. I was intentional. I was right. thoughtful. I wasn't just 
lost in my emotions, lost in my day, lost in everything else, the chaos, mm-hmm. or being intentional with the way that we drive or intentional with the way that we, yeah. that we, I keep coming up to that. So apparently yeah. I've got something to work yeah, on with some like, road man, rage going apparently, on. Apparently, no, I'm, I'm trying to eradicate that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can slow down. I'll, I'll pump the brakes. I'll go slow. I'm not in a rush. Um, but, but where we have intentionality with our moments and our days, mm-hmm. they don't just slip past us right. because we're distracted and full circle or because we're on our phone and we're right. just self-medicating, self-justifying mm-hmm. and, and stuck. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Evan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for uh, joining us this week. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here. You're the best. Thanks for listening. We are going to be taking a short break from Beyond the Sermon, so next week there will not be a new episode. However, we should be back with a fresh episode the week after. As always, you can reach me at podcast.faithchapel.cc. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.